Welcome to the week with Japan Forward. I am Ariel Buzetto, a journalist at Japan Forward. With this podcast, we bring to busy people this week's news from Japan in less than 10 minutes. Have a listen. The G7 summit just kicked off in Schloss Elmanau, Germany. The main topic of discussion is said to be the war in Ukraine. On this, the Sanke Shimbun editorial is calling on policymakers to, quote, not go soft on Russia. But it's not the only reason why the G7 is gathering attention. Joining the protesters in Berlin are participants from the civic group calling itself End Comfort Women Fraud. The group is demanding that the Comfort Women statue in Berlin be removed and calling more generally attention to the Comfort Women issue. Prime Minister Fumio Kishida had already asked his German counterpart to help remove the statue. If you want to know the inside story, read Editorial to Meaningfully Support Ukraine G7 Can't Go Soft on Russia and South Korean Group Tackles the Antagonism and Hatred Spread by Comfort Women Statues on the Japan Forward website. We now move to talk about a different part of Asia, the Solomon Islands. Foreign Minister of Australia Penny Wong has recently been quite busy visiting this location. The reason was that Chinese officials had previously in May 2022 paid a visit to the islands, promising economic assistance and proposed collaborations on security. Wang has therefore made three trips to convince Solomon Islands Prime Minister Manase Sogavare to not fall under the influence of China. Veteran reporter Duncan Bartlett writes as follows Her latest visit appears to have been a success. Prime Minister Sogavare assured her that Australia and not China is his preferred security and development partner. If you want to know more about implications for Japan and beyond, read Well Done, Miss Wong. Australia's Foreign Minister alerts the Solomon Islands to China's trap on the Japan Forward website. Japan has recently had a stable curve of daily COVID 19 infections. The government, therefore, has time to do some crisis management preparation in case another wave or another pandemic hits. This has happened in the form of a proposal to create Japan's version of the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, otherwise known as the CDC. The proposal was officially presented on June 17th. And a bill is scheduled to be discussed in the national diet this autumn. The proposed changes include boosting vaccine development, simplifying hospital management, and much more. If you want to know more, read the article Japan to Set Up Its Own CDC What Changes on the Japan Forward website. What can be done when citizens aren't responsible pet owners? The Act on Welfare and Management of Animals went into effect in Japan in June 2022 and is trying to address exactly this problem. The new measures make it mandatory for a pet to be implanted with a microchip, which registers the owner's address, and this is supposed to decrease amendment or losing cats and dogs. The measure takes into account the number of animals bought during the peak of the pandemic 
and how many of them were abandoned shortly afterwards. A Sanke editorial reads, quote, Human beings are duty-bound to prepare a safe environment so that dogs and cats can live without anxiety as part of the family. This is an excellent opportunity to re-examine our resolve as pet owners. If you want to know more, read the article, Editorial, Protect Your Dogs, Cats with ID Microchips, on the website. Despite the stifling heat, mask wearing is still virtually universal in Japan. And it's making people wonder what the attitude to masks will be going forward. Should the government encourage people to take off their masks, for example? Author Agnes Tandler, however, has a word of caution for the readers. She points out to the spikes of COVID infections in the Southern Hemisphere. For example, New Zealand on June 13th surpassed Japan in terms of COVID-19 deaths per capita. Explaining her reasoning for writing the article, Agnes commented. Well, um, I have been seeing COVID cases rising in Australia and New Zealand, and um, I find this quite concerning. The two countries have had a very good track record um, until recently, but obviously not anymore after they scrapped most measures, especially masks. And secondly, I'm traveling to Europe tomorrow where nobody's wearing masks anymore. And this is a bit concerning also because there's a summer wave now with rising cases and more people in hospitals. So it's just not over now. If anything, Agnes points to consistently effective policy in Japan of mask and ventilate and warns against pre-pandemic levels of carelessness. If you want to know the details, read the article Masking Down, Think Again, Find other contents by typing Agnes Tandler on the Japan Forward website. Kaori Sakamoto. The ice skating princess has made headlines this week because she has decided to end her partnership with choreographer Benoit Richaud. This is a significant move given the caliber of Sakamoto as an athlete. In 2022, Sakamoto became world champion and was bronze medalist at the Beijing Winter Olympics all with routines that were choreographed by Richaud. Commentators have therefore been scratching their heads at the move, as ice skating veteran Jack Gallagher told us. Benoit Richaud, her previous choreographer French, is one of the top in the business. He's a young guy, he's a visionary, and, uh, you know, he's put together some really great programs for her. And uh, so... You know, it just uh, it just seems a bit odd. My guess is that there's more to the story, perhaps, that we don't know. As my story reflects, he did not wish to comment. Before you get too sad, however, there might be some exciting news in store for the 22-year-old skater from Kobe. She was quoted in Jack's article as follows. Until now, I have been prioritizing my personality, but I want to fight on a different line. If you want to find out more, read the article Ice Time, Kaori Sakamoto and partnership with choreographer Benoit Richaud. Find more columns by Jack by searching Ice Time on the Japan Forward and on the specialized website Sportslook. Last up. It's pretty well known idea that Japan is a mecca for hot spring lovers. Picture the polished spas with lush showers and saunas. 
but fewer people might have experienced Notemburo, or wild hot springs. This just means hot spring pools found in the countryside, but without the amenities such as showers and changing rooms. Outdoor specialist Daniel Moore writes in his latest article on Japan Forward about the appeal of wild hot springs and gives three suggestions on where to find them. It is a lovely read to let you travel with the mind on this hot summer day. If you want to find out more on the story, read the article Japan's Onsen are famous, but its Notenburo are even better. Find more columns by Daniel Moore on the Japan Forward website. Thank you guys for listening. You can get in touch on Twitter with me at Ariel Buzetto. That's all for this week. Catch you next time. 次は目黒に泊まります。